Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. This podcast is by G. Wayne Miller for the Providence Journal. The Alzheimer's Association has been obviously thinking about this very hard and has put out several statements uh, and guidelines for caregivers on how to deal with the COVID pandemic. And we know that uh, during times like these, uh, caregivers and people living with dementia are hit very hard. Uh, there are a lot of vulnerable communities that have been discussed uh, in the news and, and are being studied right now throughout the COVID-19 crisis. But in particular, uh, people with dementia, people living in long-term care settings are at the most vulnerable. And we have seen reports like that escalate. The Alzheimer's Association has made many statements uh, about uh, how we have left the long-term care community behind. And in particular also, uh, tips for caregivers on how to keep their loved ones safe, how to keep in touch with them if they are in a residential community, which they can maybe cannot visit at this time. Uh, and uh, those are very important conversations to have because we know that caregivers in particular themselves are also very vulnerable. Uh, so that's a, a key component. Um, some of the things that we talk about for example, with uh, dementia, as to how to practice good hygiene because people with dementia may not be able to help themselves in doing that. Uh, certainly in the early stages, they may forget that you know, washing their hands and, uh, is going to be very important. And then the later stages may have to have their hands washed more frequently for them. Uh, some other things that we talk about is how it's important for caregivers and actually professional caregivers also to play gatekeepers for their loved ones or people under their care. That means not everybody should be coming to visit them because they have to be protected. They may be more vulnerable, not necessarily because of the dementia, but because of where they're living, their living situation, and because the symptoms of dementia actually cause them to be more vulnerable. Again, forgetting to, you know, that, that hygiene is so important, uh, and perhaps, of course, having the other comorbidities that do elevate the risk of the COVID-19 uh, virus affecting them. And then um, so important also that for our older uh, population to think about the symptoms that could be presenting um, that indicate uh, that there might be a contamination, that there might, they might be um, uh, affected by COVID-19, and that these symptoms don't perhaps in older individuals look the same as uh, we have heard uh, in the news about the COVID-19 crisis. So um, I think the last thing that I'll share with you right now is how important it is to keep our loved ones safe, but also in a calm and de-stressed environment. When we have loved ones at home or even in a residential care facility, uh, the news uh, can perhaps uh, be internalized for a person with dementia. So they start to think that their reality uh, is, uh, in, includes incorporating things that they hear or see on TV. I know that happened with my own loved ones when we had been in a care setting and we had to be so careful with what was on television. Uh, and right now the news is always on in our households, many of our households, many of our residential facilities and is 
full of COVID-19 news, which could be very distressing for our loved ones. So let's just be careful about what we surround them with so that we make sure that they are as safe and comfortable as possible. So let's talk about research. Um, these are not quote unquote normal times for research for all the obvious reasons. What, what is proceeding, what isn't proceeding, just sort of an overview uh, across the US. So across uh, the United States and actually even globally, um, research has been on a pause. Uh, you can imagine that research on pause uh, is very different for different uh, locations around the country, uh, different geographies, and actually across the globe as well. Different countries are experiencing COVID in different ways, just like different states within the US are as well. But right now, um, larger scale clinical trials um, are moving at a pace that again is very unique and different across the country. But in particular, those that are not considered essential, so observational trials, are usually on a full-fledged pause right now. Um, what that means is that people cannot come into the uh, healthcare facility because it endangers them and could endanger the staff as well that are still working um, in the front lines at those hospitals or care centers. Um, but additionally, it's important to remember that uh, we can indeed now connect with our participants through uh, telephone calls, that there are now um, efforts to ramp up telemedicine, which may very well change the way we do things in the future, not only with clinical trials of intervention studies, but also with observational clinical studies. So the Alzheimer's Association, for example, leads the US uh, pointer study uh, across uh, the country. Main um, point here is that uh, one of our sites, importantly, is the Rhode Island site with Dr. Sue Salloway as a co-PI. And we uh, have uh, paused on that study, but we are maintaining contact with all of our participants through the navigators that um, work for the Alzheimer's Association and directly keep all of uh, our participants that are currently engaged, over 250 currently already enrolled and randomized across the country, engaged in our study so that we, when we do have a chance to start up, we're not falling behind. So uh, the takeaway here seems to me that while there are pauses and changes in how studies are being done, they're not stopping. This isn't by any means the end of research for Alzheimer's. It's, it's in a different, it's transforming or in a transformative period. Is that essentially correct? I think right now, uh, absolutely. It's in, a, it's in a very transformative period that we hope will do two things. Um, the first is, um, really elevate the type of, of, of research and care that we can deliver in the future when we do have post-COVID times, because we are coming up with so many inventive ways to not only stay in touch, but actually monitor um, and test individuals remotely. And the second thing is uh, we have to recognize that throughout this COVID time, the transformation that will happen is, is additional, an additional uh, acknowledgement that perhaps during these now three months, perhaps longer, however many months uh, we still are living in sort of stay at home or quarantine times, there may very well be um, a, a decrease in, uh, in um, diagnoses made for people that are living with or starting to develop sort of early stages of Alzheimer's or another dementia. And that perhaps post-COVID time, we may see a resurgence of those appointments that then um, are, enable us to really make those accurate diagnoses. So right now there's a lull because really only essential activities are happening at um, 
at uh, medical centers, uh, essential surgeries, et cetera. And somebody who may be experiencing some memory decline may not at this time be going to the hospital, right? Because it's not essential. So we have to think about what that means for the community, not only for our research, but also for the community that we serve. Obviously, COVID's having a big impact on everything that we do uh, in the world, including Alzheimer's research and care. And I agree with Maria. I think that we're going to be finding new ways to interact with uh, with patients and study participants. So, including, you know, uh, assessing memory uh, more remotely and virtually. So we're developing new tools that can be done over the phone or over video that I think will persist after this the pandemic uh, subsides. Um, and, and some of those will be really positive. I think you know people have to spend less time in the facility and can do more things at home. So that's something we're moving toward. And this has heck. We were already moving there anyway, but this mm -hmm. has accelerated that process dramatically. That's right. And I think another thing is really important is to reassure people because in Rhode Island, things are starting to open up gradually. Our governor is really paying careful attention and has just lifted the stay-at-home order on Friday, so we're very excited about that. And she's going through phase one, Rhode Island's going through phase one. And I just want to reassure people because I know a lot of people are nervous about um, uh, risk, and we take this very, very seriously. And we're going to you know, keep up these safety precautions with social distancing and masks and hyg good hygiene and so forth um, for some time to come to make sure that as people do start to come back in, um, you know, gradually that they're safe. And, you know, like for now, we call people before they're coming in for the, because people are still coming to our center for um, infusions and other kinds of visits, but we make sure that they're well, that if someone's coming with them, that they're well and they take their temperature before they come in, when they get here and wear a mask, you know, the many, we have to institute many safety procedures to make sure that we're all protected um, as much as we can against COVID. And the other thing that I think is really, I'm really um, looking forward to this to see how this evolves, but the message that uh, the, uh, the Alzheimer's Association and Maria has been leading and then all of us who are working as researchers in the field um, is really one of hope so lowering the risk for Alzheimer's, catching it early, and trying to delay any memory problems as long as we can uh, is a very hopeful message. And I think as we come out of this COVID crisis, people are going to be looking for ways to promote their health and brain health. And I think that the Pointer Study and many other studies that are either underway or going to be beginning soon really convey that message. And our study participants are just the best people that I know, and they're going to help lead us. And I, I'm, I'm confident, I know there are going to be some shaky moments for everybody, but I'm confident we're going to get back and, and I'm hopefully uh, even stronger than we were before we, uh, before we hit this pause. We know that while the COVID-19 crisis is threatening public health around the world, there is no doubt that Alzheimer's and Alzheimer's uh, related dementias continue to be uh, a need 
that is critical to address, uh, not only within the United States, but in all other countries. That is because Alzheimer's not only is going to be people with Alzheimer's and related dementias not only disproportionately affected or maybe at a higher risk during this time, but also because Alzheimer's will continue to progress. And, and, and while we may very well in a year or maybe, maybe less have control of the COVID-19 crisis, there is no doubt that the need to address Alzheimer's and related dementias will continue. So the Alzheimer's Association is committed not only to ensuring that we address this now, today, but also tomorrow when the COVID crisis recedes and we continue to push for increased, better treatments, earlier detection, and better care for all of those affected. Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts.